We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben? Great. Thanks, Patrick. Excellent. We are going to talk about <laughs> excellence. We're going to talk about, we're going to, um, we kind of wanted to have a conversation that, that brought in some big ideas that we talk about often. I, these principles that we talk about, we mention, we, 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 we bring them to the surface almost every opportunity that we can. Um, and you just have this idea of like these three guiding principles. And so these principles that, again, that we've talked about a lot are awareness, intention, and action. And so we've talked about each one of those kind of independent to a, to a larger kind of independent of the other ones, but we wanted to have a conversation really bringing those three together and saying, how do these three work together? <laughs> how can we stack each one of these in a way that, uh, that is not one plus one plus one equals three, but one plus one plus one equals 47, <laughs> right? Which is, I think is something you can do when you start to stack these three things, awareness and intention and action in the right order, in the right way, when you start thinking about these with a little bit more clarity. So let's just kind of throw it out there, big picture. Like, what are we talking about? What are these three guiding principles? Why is it, why is, why is it these three? Yeah. So it's, it's um, my take on what are the, the building blocks. And as you said, I think you have to do this. They're kind of in order, right? Um, But this is a a step-by-step process of the way for us to navigate our lives. Basically, it's like, if we want to live our best lives, if we really lean into these three things, we're going to come out the other end a lot lot more farther along. Is that the right way to say that? It doesn't sound right. But we'll be a lot farther (laughs) along than we would be otherwise. And I like to just kind of play and fumble around in my own head and kind of create like, okay, well, what about, what if we moved this piece out and moved another piece in? Does that make more sense? What if we took um, this piece? Is this the same as that piece? Can we com- combine these things or should we um, tweak this one a little bit? And what are the, what makes up these actual principles? And so we've talked about these three things a fair amount on, on this podcast. Um, I try to th- think about them a lot in terms of when I'm going through my life and my morning practice and my rituals and my routines. I'm trying to become as aware as I possibly can, then bring as much intention to what I'm bringing into my life so I know what the goals are I'm chasing, and then take massive action towards those goals. So um, at a high level, I really think that those three things, because if you miss one of them, right? If you miss one of them along the way, well, you can be the hardest worker in the room, but you're not going to end up what we really want, right? Whatever that is. You can end up really, really, really far along the wrong path. Yep. So that's why I think it needs to be in this step-by-step format. Yep. I love that. Um, and would you call, would you, you know, some, one of the things we've kind of joked about it, but it's completely true. Is this, a, is this would you put this in the, in the category of a framework? Like again, thinking about these things together, thinking about these things in the right work, in the right order, is this is this a kind of a mental model or framework for for us? Yeah, I think it's a mental model. But the mental model, those words don't mean a whole lot until we start to break them down. Actually, like talk about them individually and see how they stack on top of each other. So okay, cool. Let's do that. Let's start yeah, with awareness let's, for sure. So 
awareness is everything to me. It, it has to start there. It's even like in AA, it's the very first thing. It's right. Like admit that you have a problem, be aware that you are an alcoholic. Like it, it's the first thing. So to me, the very first level of awareness that we need is the awareness of who we are. And this might get a little yep. esoteric, spiritual, foofy, but you are like, when I say, who are you, Patrick? The first thing that pops in is that answer right there. I am Patrick. I am mm -hmm. Patrick Cummings. And it's like, okay, but people change their name all the time. So, <laughs> and you, and you didn't pick your name. So <laughs> you, and you didn't even pick your name. Exactly. Right. right. So how can that possibly be you when you get married? People change their names. So yep. that's not who you really are. Then it goes to the roles. People go, well, I'm a dad. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a brother, sister, friend, neighbor, athlete, um, musician, whatever it is. And no, all of those things aren't really who you are because those things change and be taken away from you. It's not really, mm -hmm. And then we start to get down to this thing. You start to realize like, well, I am um, – I am the voice inside my head. I am the thinking thoughts. It is what, um, oh man, I'm blanking. Someone's going to come up with it. I'll come up before the end of the talk. But the philosopher that said, I think, uh, Descartes, I think mm -hmm. therefore I am. <clears throat> no, because when you are asleep, you are still something and you're not thinking things. When you're in a flow state, you are not thinking things and you are still a being. When you are meditating, your thoughts can slow down or actually disappear. So no, no, you are still something when you don't think. So when you start to pull this thing back and the awareness truly of who am I, man, that, that really starts to, that level of awareness is really different. And once you start to pull at that thread a little bit, the first thing that comes up is well, if I'm not the voice in my head, I better start becoming aware of that voice in my head because <laughs> mm -hmm. that voice in my head is not me. If I'm listening to that voice a lot, like, gosh, that's not, might not be the best thing to do. And we start to realize is that voice in your head is just the coach, the critic, the annoying roommates, the someone in your head that's narrating your life for you with no other purpose than to keep the conversation going. Yep. And it actually is nothing more. We start to realize is that voice in your head is nothing more than a narrative of your past. It's your mm -hmm. upbringing. It's our conditioning. And we are now programmed to operate and navigate the world in a certain way, not with reality, but with a certain set of programming. And when you become aware of that programming, all of a sudden, now you get to question it. Like, wife says, can you do the dishes? And you go, my wife is so controlling. Well, no, she's mm -hmm. not. She has to do the mm -hmm. dishes. Mm -hmm. You might think she's controlling because your upbringing, your conditioning, you grew up with a controlling mother, and now you're so defensive of anybody that tells you to do anything. And now you get to really look at life from a different viewpoint, a different prism. The kaleidoscope and what you used to see as black and white, now you see in color and clear. So you start to realize these triggers, these things that set us off, the things that cause this, when you become aware of things that make you feel weird, things that cause your gut to do certain things, 
things that pull you away from joy and happiness. And what you become aware of is we actually operate in a number of different states. And can you recognize in real time what state you're in? Now that you could call that, you know, sympathetic versus parasympathetic, fight or flight versus rest or digest, but it's even a deeper level than that. Are we in a state of, think of it as a spectrum, like are we in a state of resistance mm. where we're fighting something? You know, whether it's our, the voice in our head, we're fighting that, we're fighting the people around us, we're fighting our circumstances, we're fighting the weather, or are we in a state of acceptance where we accept what people are saying? Without judgment, without mm -hmm. putting extra narrative to it, mm -hmm. we accept what the weather is because we realize we can't control it. We accept our wife and we accept her goods, her bads, her faults because we realize that there is 7.5 billion people on planet Earth. And for us to expect that everyone operates in the way that we think is going to make us happy is insanity at best. So we accept that the people are going to behave and act and talk to us in ways that might not be in line with what we want. And then can we rise above resistance and acceptance to a state of joy mm -hmm. where we actually go, there's my wife. She always asked me to do dishes afterwards. That makes sense. She cooked me dinner. Like, that's amazing. Of course. Yes, honey, I'll do the dishes and I'll not only accept it. I won't resist it. I'll be happy doing the dishes. This is a moment for me now to have a moment of thoughts and clarity where the kids aren't tugging at me because I'm doing this and I can think about whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I can think about, am I being aware? Am I being present? Which is the next thing. Are we operating with this narrative that is in the past or are we anxious, fearful of the future? Or are we truly aware of being present in this moment? And that present moment, when we are there, truly there in that present moment, we have reached a really high state because when you're present, you're not anxious or fearful, dreading anything that's coming down the pipeline, judging anything. And we're not fearful. So we're not um, um, guilty. We're not regretful. Uh, regretful or anything from the past. When you are actually able to stay in this present moment and present moment gets so much attention and talk now, but it's because of our phones. People right. are just like, dude, just put down the distractions, be where your feet are. But what they're not reeling is, be present and understand, are you resisting this current moment right now? Are you operating this life with some inherent, unnecessary level of resistance? Mm. And the ancient philosophers called it, they call it Maya, M-A-Y-A, which is this inherent thing that we've gotten as human beings. Most other animals don't have it, where we resist life for no reason, mm. no reason whatsoever. It's a, it's, there's no other reason to resist it other than to resist it because that resistance in itself gives us a little something to hang our hat on. And we are important in our lives. We have, we're justifying the ego in that we can resist something that's actually happening to us. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. So can we just become aware truly of our being in this present moment? And then if we can do that, let that fall back and find acceptance then can we be not only aware of the things that trigger us into out of that state, out of the acceptance into resistance, but aware also of the positives. What are the things that make us feel really good? Not triggers have two things. Triggers can trigger great things as well. 
They can trigger love. They can trigger passion. They can trigger flow states. They can trigger um, gratitude. They can trigger all of these amazing things that, you know, love and peace and harmony and everything that we want as human beings. And then that really kind of leads us to our next thing. Once you figure out what are the things that make us happy, well, let's be intentional with those things. Don't chase the things that your past has told you to do or your fear of the future is conditioning you to do. Yes, I get it. Mom and dad wanted the best for you. They wanted the best for you. So they wanted you to go to a great school because if you went to a great school, they wanted you to get great grades, right? Work mm -hmm. hard in school. Because you work hard in school, you can go to a great college. You get a great college, you get a great job. If you get a great job, you'll be financially secure. And they don't want you to end up on the streets. So they're, they're aiming for the lowest, the lowest level of happiness, yep. which is on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, safety. That's what your parents, with as much love and intention as they had for you, they shot for the lowest bar. They just didn't know it because they didn't want you to be something below that, which is you didn't have food, shelter, or water. Yep. But what we deserve as human beings is so much greater than that. We deserve love and belonging. We deserve to have passion. We deserve to have Self-actualization is the word that he uses, but it's basically enlightenment. It's pure joy. It's unconditional happiness. We can find that, but not if we operate by other people's rules, other people's expectations, what other people wanted for you when they didn't have this in mind. Mm -hmm. So if you hate your job, don't continue to work harder at your job. That is the last piece of the action, work, work hard but you're doing it without being intentional. What we, we have to know what we're chasing. We have to know what ladder to lean the, again, what, what, where to lean our ladders against. What's the right wall? Our, it's, it, it's basically like with action without intention is meaningless. Mm -hmm. You're just spinning wheels. You're just go, go, go. You're in the rat race you, and you can't get off of it. You're busting your ass and we haven't done taking the steps to actually figure out what is it that we want in our lives. What does success mean to me? And I'll share um, a, a cool conversation I had earlier today. Um, I'm going to keep it anonymous because uh, – uh, I, I've just been introduced to this person, so I don't want to share anything else, but a very, very high level coach in uh, professional sports. Um, and he's in his network. It is just a grind, go, 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 win at all cost mentality. And he's like, there's no joy. These are professional athletes, then they don't have joy. And the people at the highest level that have achieved like these multi-billionaires, he's like, they're miserable. They are mis and they navigate every single day miserable and they don't have joy. And how cool that this person at the highest peak of their sports has the awareness of that, mm -hmm. that this, he goes, this is, it's not what I want. I have reached the highest level and it's not what I want. I don't want to be, he's in his 
mid, he's like my age. He doesn't want to get to be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and not have experienced joy. Just mm -hmm. chased someone else's carrot. So this is why we need to create intention in our lives. Truly, we define success. What does success mean to me? And it can be, uh, it's totally fine if you want to be fame and fortune. It's totally fine if you want it to be, but you have to have that awareness. Why do I want fame and fortune? If you can truly get there without it being attached to the ego, truly attached to who you are, your being, because you are not your ego. You are not the voice in your head that says, man, won't it feel cool when I have a million followers on Instagram? Man, won't it be cool when I have $10 million in the bank? Man, won't it be cool when I've won the awards, the trophies, the accolades? Won't it be cool when I'm rich and famous and I'm in that movie? What is the thing that's truly going to bring you inherent joy at your being? That's what we want to be chasing with intention. And then, then massive action, bro. Like mm -hmm. then work your ass off. Then it's the discipline. Then it's taking the steps forward. Then it's all the things that we have with our listeners, the hard chargers, the type A's, the people that don't want to settle, the workaholics. Like, yes, put all that towards the right things because without action, even the best intentions are meaningless. Mm -hmm. Like you get no, like, you're going you're gonna to get really, really far, but gosh, you're going to get to the end of the race, cross the finish line. They hand you the trophy. You get the, the, the cash in the bank. You got, and you go, whoa, whoa, this is not what I thought it was. It's Jim Carrey saying, you know, his whole thing was he wanted a 10 million. He, when he started off in show business, he wrote a check to himself for $10 million yep. that said for rent or for, um, for acti acting services rendered. Yeah. yeah. And when he filmed, I think it was Dumb and Dumber, he got paid $10 million. Jim Carrey's thing now is I hope, I wish and hope, it is my dream that everybody can become rich and famous to realize that should not be their dream. Mm -hmm. It is the guy that, that wrote, um, Jim Carrey's movie. What is it when he meets God? Uh, what is that movie? It's Liar and Liars in my head, but it's not that one. Um, any Morgan Freeman's in it. Yeah. That's like, exactly. Yep. Evan Almighty was the sequel to it. Bruce Almighty. There it is. Bruce Almighty. <laughs> yes. That's how my brain works. Um, the guy that, and he, he's, you know, a gazillionaire. He's like one of the most rich and famous guys. He's a producer in Hollywood and he got, and he, when he walked into his Bel Air Beverly Hills mansion, you know, one of the ones with the multi swimming pools, the huge pillars and like the 18 bathrooms. He walked into the big marble foyer with a fountain inside. He walked in and went, oh my God, I'm not happy. Hmm. It is people that go on vacation. They're like, once I finally go on vacation, they go on vacation and they're still in this state of resistance because they're not happy with whatever their kids are doing, whatever their wife said, or they're in paradise. They're in Costa Rica. They're in Hawaii. They're in Bora Bora kicking on the beach and they still can't be happy. We have to recognize that it's not the circumstances around us. And we have to take the massive actions to make sure that we're 
we're tracking towards the right end. What is that for us? We must actually do the deeds. We can't just have the intention. We can't just have the awareness. We can't be a, a hermit. You know, we can't just be, because this is what a lot of, we can't be the, a monk. This is what a lot mm-hmm. of people do. They meditate and they figure out who they are. They, but, they, but they're living up in a temple up in the woods and they're actually, they're actually in, the, in the grit and the grime. They're actually doing the work. They're not, you know, they don't have the kids. They don't have the spouse. They don't have the jobs. They don't have, you can be in society and still be doing this. Mm-hmm. It's the people that, you know, go in like, okay, I don't want all this. I don't, they realize I don't want my job. I don't want the pressure of this. I want to find truly what means to me. I want to find this unconditional happiness. I want to find enlightenment. I want to find per peace and harmony and love and joy and God and heaven on earth and whatever it is. So they go and um, do a silent retreat. They go and live in the woods. They go and mm-hmm. escape. Escape. Exactly. That's not it. Yeah. Because what we ultimately need is, and this is, it's not one of the pillars, but to me, these three building blocks lie in, you kind of overlay the whole thing with perspective. Mm-hmm. So with perspective, it, it real you realize that it has to be about impacting other people in some way. Because mm. uh, Ultimately, our purpose, I, I've shared this before, but I believe we all have these a shared purpose and an individual purpose. Our shared purpose is what I'm talking about. Yep. We have to live our lives in line with our shared hum- purpose as humanity. And that is for us to become, um, evolve as human beings, mind, body, and spirit. That is what, as humans, that's what we're supposed to do, evolve. That is our shared purpose as humanity. Now, Physically, that's happening. Like we're bigger, stronger, fitter, faster than we were 100,000 years ago. But is that happening mentally and spiritually? Like your, our souls. Are we farther along than we were 10,000 years ago? I don't know the answer to that. But that is what we need to be doing is evolving that way. Not just evolving like... Um, we can live longer because of healthcare and technologies and, you know, running water and sewage and all the rest, mind, body, spirit, evolution. That's our shared purpose. Now, when we get there, mind, body, spirit is evolved at its highest state. That state is called enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It's called pure consciousness. It's called finding God. It's called whatever you want to call it, right? I don't, it doesn't matter what you call it. You call it what you want. Just call it evolution if you want, Mm -hmm. but that's what we're all doing. But our individual purposes, our individual purposes are unique to you and me as much as our fingerprint is. And they're unique based off of our skills, our genetics, our opportunities, our upbringings, our passions, our joys, and all the rest. And that's why I believe in the saying, in my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes is, do not ask what the world needs, do what sets your heart on fire. Mm -hmm. Because what the world needs is more people with their heart on fire. This is how you share your unique purpose with the world. And when you do what sets your your heart on fire, you will impact others. It might be one person, 
in a small way. It might be a billion people in a big way. It might be one person in a massive way. It might be a billion people in a tiny way. It doesn't matter. When you live a life true to your unique individual purpose, which is going to change throughout your lifetime, it's going to be different at 14 than it is at 24, than it is at 44, than it is at 84. But when you live that way, without judgment, without present, man, that's when you can have this massive impact on all of us. And it flips back into each of us in our shared purposes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to intentionally not ask too many follow-up questions because I'd rather people scrub back to the beginning of this and re-listen. Uh, and so I want to keep it short, but as folks do that, for the folks who do do that, could you give two, three, five questions worth asking, worth really pondering, worth really considering, worth really giving the time necessary to come up with some real, honest, deep answers? Uh, that would be valuable and helpful as collectively we think about or we work towards awareness as we work towards more intention as we work towards action what are the questions that you found useful and valuable and 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 powerful uh, as you've gone through this process as you are continuing to go through this process that question you just asked me is the first question that everybody should ask themselves what, what are the questions I should be asking myself? Hmm. What are the right questions that are going to help me get to where I want to be living as a human being? Truly <clears throat> me as a human being. Because the first question is what I've probably started off the conversation with is ask yourself, who are you? Yep. And recognize it's not the voice in your head. It's not the thing that's talking to you. And once you get to that, it's go, you go like, whoa. Well, then if, it, then if I'm the one that's aware of my thoughts, not the speaker of the thoughts, what does that person want out of this life? Mm-hmm. And what are the questions I should be asking myself to move me in that direction? And am I spending my days... Aware, am I spending my days intentionally trying to create? Am I moving forward in the right direction of my life? Love it. All right, folks. I really do. I really want folks to just scrub back and keep it short because of that. Scrub back, listen again, and start asking those questions. Start answering them because I think they're wildly powerful. So thank you, Ben. That was awesome. That was great. That was a great summation of a lot of different ideas that we've hit on uh, separately. So really cool to kind of bring them all under one framework. Uh, Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.